0: It was a march to forget for the Marvel and DC Cinematic Universes. I've got a full recap right now. Hello everybody, I'm Dan Merle, here with a look back at a very tumultuous month of March for both Marvel and DC. Some movies that came out that did not perform as expected, a lot of stuff that happened off screen that caused a lot of controversy. We're going to talk about all that, but before we do, if you'll permit me just a moment, I want to address something that happened last Friday. There was an outbreak of tornadoes across the country, and there was a devastating one that hit right here in central Arkansas. There's that saying, you know, that something hits close to home. Well, this tornado actually did did literally hit close to home. It missed my mom's house by about a hundred yards. My best friend since I was twelve. The tornado hit their house, his childhood home, and they were not able to access it for a couple of days. The tornado cut a path of catastrophic damage here in my hometown in Little Rock, Arkansas, through North Little Rock, Arkansas. And there are now thousands of people who are without homes, who are rebuilding their homes. These are some pictures that we took as I was trying to get to my mom's house to see if it was even still standing. And this was. Right Right after the storm hit, you can already see the scope of this devastation and then others have also taken some footage. This is some drone footage, you can see the credit there on screen, that was taken of the damage in Little Rock, Arkansas. This is a disaster unlike anything that has ever happened in my entire life. I was born and raised in North Little Rock, Arkansas and now there are parts of that city that are absolutely destroyed, streets that I drove on thousands of times growing up that I now can't even access. I'm looking into options. I want to get something together uh, in the short term to do some kind of a fundraiser, and I'm trying to organize that right now. But in the meantime, if you would like to support a local charity, the Arkansas Food Bank is collecting donations at ArkansasFoodBank.org. Of course, the usual suspects, the Arkansas Red Cross, the Salvation Army, are also taking donations. But many people also want to find places that are perhaps more local charities. So the Arkansas Food Bank, is a great one i'm I'm trying to find other resources to recommend so with a little patience i'm going to be talking about this for a while because this is really a hometown tragedy that happened here and there are going to be a lot of people in need for a very long time so stay tuned for more info on this if you can give anything to help the victims of the tornado here in central arkansas I would really appreciate it because, you know, I know people personally that have been affected by this, and it was only through sheer luck that I left the path of this storm 15 minutes before it hit, or else I would have been caught in it like so many other people were. So please consider giving and stay tuned here on the channel as I talk more about this. But let's talk about a different kind of disaster, an entertainment-related disaster, which is nowhere near as serious or consequential as what we just talked about, and that is the less-than-stellar turn for both Marvel and DC and their film universes. We already knew going into March that there were some rocky times potentially ahead, but there were so many stories between these two companies which so often are tied together that I wanted to kind of do a video recapping both of them. And let's start with Marvel and the Marvel Cinematic Universe at one time thought invulnerable or almost bulletproof. The month of March proved that they were anything but. And the month really opened with the story, the continuing story of the underperformance of Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania, after a debut that met X, expectations. It has struggled at the box office and is going to have one of the worst box office runs in Marvel Cinematic Universe history when you compare it to the size of its opening, something that we call the legs. It's likely to make about two times its opening weekend, maybe just a little bit more, and that's not very good for a movie of its size, and especially not a movie in the Marvel Universe. The audience response wasn't great, the critical response wasn't great. We knew all that back in February, but the hope was that maybe as we went into March, that Quantumania would stick around would kind of defy some of that critical reception, some of that audience reception, and instead we saw other movies like Creed 3 and Scream 6 and John Wick Chapter 4 open to franchise highs while Quantumania kept sinking at the box office. I don't subscribe to this school that the Marvel Universe is dead or that Marvel movies are dead. I think that anybody saying that right now, quite frankly, is being very short-sighted and being a bit outrageous to, to get a little bit of attention, maybe a few clicks in the short term. I think that Guardians of the galaxy volume three for example is going to perform just fine i don't think that it's going to have anything to worry about but i do think that this brings an end to the era where a marvel movie could succeed on hype alone where just the marvel brand name could get it to a certain box office threshold because it's obvious that the hype on this movie didn't work so i do think we are coming to the end of a phase and not the kind of marvel phases that we're used to of the Marvel era, but I don't think it's the death of the Marvel film. And there have been reports coming out that they're going to start slowing their output, perhaps giving themselves more time to work on each project. I think that that is a good move. So I'm not burying the Marvel universe right now. But March was not a great month for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania as it began in its second, third, fourth, fifth week at the box office. And the news only got rockier off-screen for Marvel from there, because this was a story that sent shockwaves through Hollywood. Victoria Alonzo on March 20th, one of Marvel's top executives was fired. She had worked her way up through the ranks and become the head of post-production and visual effects for Marvel, pretty much second only to Kevin Feige at the company. Now, in the flurry of reporting that followed, it was initially speculated that she perhaps was paying the price for the infamous relationship that Marvel and various VFX artists and studios had, that the VFX artists were saying that they were overworked and underpaid, and with the critical lashing that ant in the Lost Quantumania took, there was the thought that maybe Marvel needed a change, maybe it was time for some heads to roll over this, and the fact that the visual effects have been heavily criticized. But Disney later claimed that Alonzo was fired over another movie that wasn't even related to the MCU, the Oscar-nominated film Argentina 1985. Victoria Alonso produced that film, which reportedly was not allowed under her Marvel contract. She was not supposed to produce films for any rival studio. Argentina 1985 was released through Amazon here in the US, and this was technically against the terms of her contract. However, again, reportedly, Disney changed her contract, basically grandfathered her in because they didn't want to rock the boat. But they also asked that Alonso not do publicity in support of Argentina 1985. However, Alonso did do publicity for that film, including at the Academy Awards. And so Disney says that she wasn't supposed to produce the film at all, that they gave her that concession, but only astronauts do publicity for the film, that she did do that publicity. And so that allowed them to fire her under breach of contract. However, Alonzo's lawyer claims that Alonzo, who is gay and has been an outspoken advocate for gay rights and was vocally against Florida's so-called don't say gay bill last year, was silenced by Disney for her advocacy against that bill. Disney is still facing repercussions from the state of Florida for eventually speaking out against that piece of legislation. And the lawyer also added a little bit of intrigue to the situation by saying, quote, Alonzo was terminated when she refused to do something that she believed was reprehensible. Later reports have speculated that this reprehensible act was censorship of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania to blur gay pride signs in a shop window for release in the Kuwaiti market. Alonzo allegedly refused to do this, and the work was done instead by an outside vendor. Now it should be noted that Eternals, which was released after Alonzo took over as head of post-production, was censored to remove gay content. However, it was only released several weeks after Alonzo took over, so it's unclear if she okayed those changes, if those changes were done under her auspices, or whether that was something that predated her spot at the industry. But it does seem to be that this is the line drawn in the sand. On another side, though, there have also been reports that came out since Alonzo's firing that she was not a popular figure amongst the VFX community, with some people saying that she was deemed to be a kingmaker who would blacklist houses that displeased her. And there was a report that came out from Vulture's Chris Lee, who claimed that Alonso had said of Marvel movie directors, quote, they don't direct the movies, we direct the movies, and that Marvel specifically targeted indie directors, including Ryan Coogler and others, out of film festivals, because Marvel then could decide what the look of the movie was, and they could kind of push around these indie filmmakers who didn't have that much experience in the industry. Now, a lot of this is rumor and speculation, and a lot of it is posturing, and it's hard to parse through all of it. If you want my personal opinion, I think that Victoria Alonso was a person who made waves at Disney, not just inside the company, but outside the company. She was outspoken with things like the support of the Don't Say Gay Bill, which she publicly pressured Disney to speak out against, and I think that that did cause several different headaches for people inside the Disney Corporation, and she probably was a troublesome presence for many Disney executives and others. However, it's also very evident that Marvel does have a bad name in the visual effects community, and there was a lot of pressure put on VFX artists, and those effects were criticized by many as being substandard, and that all came under Alonso's leadership in the last two to three years. So the question is, following the underperformance of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, were heads always going to roll? Would it always have been Victoria Alonso's head, regardless of what else she said? I'm not so sure, but I don't think that she made it difficult for her to be the one that paid the price for all of these things. I don't think the Argentina 1985 thing in a vacuum would have gotten her fired. She probably would have had a meeting with Bob Iger or Kevin Feige or somebody who would have given her a stern talking to. But if Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania was a massive hit, would she still have been fired for the same thing? I don't really know. I do think, however, that by what seems like breaching her contract and doing that publicity for Argentina in 1985, if those reports are true, if she did have a clause in her contract that said that she couldn't do publicity for that movie, and she did publicity for that movie, which you can see provably, I mean, the interviews are out there, then I think she made it very easy for Disney to terminate her employment and make it provable that she did it under breach of contract. And unless she can find some kind of a smoking gun, an email or a whistleblower or something that shows proof that somebody in the company said, no, we're firing her for this reason, because we don't like what she said about this, then I think it's going to be really hard for her to prove legally that she was fired for anything other than cause. This is probably something that gets settled out of court like the Scarlett Johansson Black Widow suit, it's very possible that there's nobody that's really 100% in the right here. Regardless, however, this is a black eye for Marvel, and it's a very bad look publicly for Marvel and Disney, because no matter how this all gets sorted out in the courts or out of courts, etc., basically what you have right now is a former top executive at the company painting Marvel and Disney executives as borderline bigots who silenced a gay female executive for speaking out. And to add to all of this of course, we have the ongoing case regarding Jonathan Majors. Jonathan Majors was arrested on assault charges several days ago in New York City. This story is still very much unfolding because Majors lawyers claim that they have evidence that will completely exonerate the actor and they're trying to introduce that evidence publicly and I'm sure through the legal system and they say that the charges are going to be dropped. That is still pending and there's not really enough information to say either way which way that this case is going to go. And frankly, Kang and the MCU and all that stuff is the least important factor in this situation. This is one of the situations that transcends any sort of fictional world and is really important in the real world. The reason that I bring it up here is because it just adds to the headaches that Marvel and Disney faced in the month of March. When you look back on it, you had an underperforming sequel that laid a shaky foundation for the next phase, the firing of a top executive that she's painting as silencing a voice of dissent, and now the arrest of one of your rising stars on pending assault charges. Ironically, the least controversial thing that happened at Marvel in the month of March was something that would have generated the most headlines in years past, and that is Disney laying off Ike Perlmutter, the head of Marvel Entertainment as part of its initial round of layoffs, and folding Marvel's non-movie divisions into other parts of the Disney company. Perlmutter was a controversial figure, he was the CEO of Marvel Entertainment beginning in 2005 and basically ran all aspects of Marvel until 2015. 2015 is the year that Kevin Feige reportedly went to the top executives at Disney and said that he was going to quit as the head of Marvel Studios unless he did not have to report to Ike Perlmutter anymore. And so what Disney did was spin Marvel Studios off into its own division where Kevin Feige ran everything and only answered to the executives at Disney and spun Marvel Entertainment into its own separate division, which was headed by Ike Perlmutter. It is reportedly because of Perlmutter that a Black Widow movie wasn't released until 2021. In the Sony email leaks, remember those? Perlmutter listed female-led superhero films that had flopped as evidence that they didn't work and also allegedly believed that female superhero toys didn't sell. And according to Bob Iger's book, The Ride of a Lifetime, Perlmutter also blocked production on Black Panther and Captain Marvel, which were then greenlit and fast-tracked under Kevin Feige and went on to gross over a billion dollars worldwide each. You know you've had a rough month when the least controversial thing that you did was to lay off an 80-year-old man, but that's just where Marvel and Disney are right now. Even though Promoter's influence over the MCU in particular had been nullified years ago, this was a move saying that Marvel is moving forward, not just Marvel Studios, but Marvel Entertainment, and that they're going to take the next step into the future. The question now is, what will that future entail? So that's the story on Marvel. Before we get to the story on DC, I wanna thank the sponsor for this video, ExpressVPN. When you use the stall of the public bathroom, you always close the door behind you, right? Right? Well, you close that door because you don't want some rando watching you do your business, unless you do want them watching, in which case that is your business. Privacy is important, and that's why I use ExpressVPN, and I think you should too. You may think you're browsing privately, but even in incognito mode, your internet service provider can see every website you visit. ExpressVPN creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your devices and the internet, which means your online activity can't be seen by anyone, including your service provider provider. ExpressVPN is incredibly easy to use. All you have to do is open the app and push one button to get started, and it works on phones, laptops, and even routers so that anyone who shares your Wi-Fi can be protected. It's as easy as, well, closing the bathroom stall. I travel a lot, and this adds so much peace of mind to know that whether I'm browsing at home, at an airport, on a plane, or at a hotel, that my browsing data is safe and anonymous secure your online activity today by visiting expressvpn.com slash merle that's e x p r vpn.com slash merle m-u-r-r-e-l-l and you can get an extra three months free at expressvpn.com slash merle So in a normal month, all of these problems at Marvel would have dominated the headline, but as fate would have it and probably COVID delays would have it, we also had the next chapter in the slow death of what we have known as the DCEU, the DC Extended Universe, with the release of Shazam, Fury of the Gods, which given its budget, its performance, and the lack of pandemic-related caveats, may go down as the worst performing film in the winding down history of the DCEU. After a shockingly low opening weekend, Fury of the Gods fell nearly 70% in its second weekend, and it's now on track for a domestic total not much higher than the opening weekend of the first Shazam movie. And it gets even worse when you look at its worldwide gross. Worldwide, it appears that Shazam Fury of the Gods won't even match the grosses of Wonder Woman 1984 and The Suicide Squad, both movies that were heavily affected by the fact that they were available day and date on HBO Max. Even by dying cinematic universe standards, that's a pretty bad performance. But it's not all box office with Fury of the Gods because the battles have been waged off screen as much as they've been waged on screen largely by Zachary Levi who's been doing a lot of Instagram live streaming lately putting aside social media comments from before the movie came out that made headlines not related to the movie After Shazam's release, Levi blamed studio marketing for the movie's failures, then denied that he blamed Zack Snyder and his fans for the movie's failure, then seemed to confirm that Dwayne Johnson killed a Shazam appearance in Black Adam, then denied that he blamed Johnson for the film's failure, and had to refute headlines that he'd said on IG Live that Shazam Fury of the Gods was a better movie than John Wick Chapter Four. For their parts, director David F. Sandberg publicly said he was happy to be moving on from superhero filmmaking and star Rachel Zegler seemed to point the finger at critics for unfairly panning the movie. In short, the conversation about Shazam Fury of the Gods was about everything but the movie. And this is where everything comes back around to, as all things must, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Because yes, even he caught some shrapnel in the month of March. We already know that The Rock had a huge influence on the goings on at DC after it was revealed that he lobbied and eventually got a Henry Cavill cameo in the end credits scene of Black Adam that really only muddied the waters. And this all led to an embarrassing series of events where Henry Cavill announced his triumphant return as Superman only to have to backtrack days later and say that he actually wouldn't be coming back under the new DC Universe. But reports emerged after the release of Fury of the Gods that The Rock Rock's influence didn't just touch Superman and Black Adam, but that it had reached all the way over into the Shazam franchise as well. Here's what we know for sure, originally Black Adam and Shazam were supposed to be introduced in the same movie, but Dwayne Johnson vetoed that idea and in 2017 it was announced that Black Adam would have his own movie. We also know that Johnson wanted Black Adam to eventually have a showdown, not with Shazam, but with Superman. He told Cinema Blend last October that this showdown was the whole point of doing the Black Adam movie. This would essentially place The Rock at the center of the DC universe alongside Henry Cavill, which of course culminated in that ill-fated brief Cavill appearance during the end credits of Black Adam. Now, admittedly, this is a little weird to begin with because Shazam and Black Adam are the ones that are the arch enemies. This would be like if there was a mid credit scene in Venom that set up a fight with Iron Man. It just doesn't make much sense. In an exclusive story that broke in March, The rap reported that a version of the mid credit scene that we saw in Shazam Fury of the Gods was supposed to happen in Black Adam. In that scene, Shazam was going to make an appearance in the movie to be recruited by Hawkman and members of the Justice Society, but Dwayne Johnson vetoed that idea and went with the Superman teaser instead. And this is where it gets even more interesting because prior to taking over DC Studios, Peter Safran, who produced Shazam Fury of the Gods, decided to use that mid-credits teaser that Johnson vetoed in Black Adam in Shazam Fury of the Gods instead. And they were still going to have those Justice Society members show up and recruit Shazam, but at the 11th hour, Johnson vetoed those characters' use in that mid-credits scene because as producer of Black Adam, he could make those kinds of calls. Instead, Peter Safran and David S. Sandberg reportedly scrambled and replaced the Justice Society members with Jennifer Holland and Steve Agee from Peacemaker, who are under James Gunn's umbrella and much easier for Peter Safran to get in the movie. That's why it was so confusing that those two showed up. They weren't supposed to be the ones recruiting Shazam in the first place. While the report from The rap wasn't confirmed by those involved directly, Zachary Levi posted quotes from the story on social media with the phrase, the truth shall set you free. And David F. Sandberg also seemed to confirm the story, telling THR, there were supposed to be characters from Justice Society, but that fell apart three days before we were going to roll cameras. Now, would any level of Black Adam's involvement in Shazam or vice versa have changed the fate of the DC Universe? Well, no, I don't think so. But the fact that this story about Dwayne Johnson and Black Adam rolled all the way into March and really took over the news cycle after Fury of the Gods was released made what was already a complicated and embarrassing breakup of the DC Universe twice as difficult. So as we turn now into the month of April, looking back on the wasteland that is March, we have a Marvel and a DC cinematic universe that are at a very interesting position where there are far more negative stories in the press for both of them than there are positive ones. And the big question is, is this a blip on the radar or is this the first stage of a more dramatic transformation yet to come? I actually think that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, as I mentioned earlier, and The Flash, are both going to perform well and that anybody declaring the comic book film dead is gonna look pretty silly. But especially when you look at Marvel's history, as far as publicity goes, this does show a breakdown in discipline and this public airing of dirty laundry for both of them, Marvel and DC, shows that there is a little bit of panic that's beginning to set in at both studios. And even if it's just a temporary panic, it's still very high stakes because comic book movies have been driving the box office for well over a decade. And when the history book on comic book films finally closes, March 2023, I think, is going to be a pretty significant month. Because it's going to be the month when both studios truly hit the growing pains of transitioning into a new phase or... It's going to be the month when the wheels really began to fall off the wagon. Now, what the future holds, I can't tell you. Nobody else can. But what did you think about all of these headlines that unfolded over the month of March for both Marvel and DC? Let me know down in the comments below. And, of course, as always, thank you so much for watching. You can also find out more information about the Arkansas Food Bank in the description below. And be sure to come right back here on the channel for more movie news reviews, box office, and more. Until next time, stay safe, and I'll see you then. Bye.